0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Time to fire up the grill.
0: Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers.
1: Oh, I love their beer cooler.
0: <laughs> you love their prices even more.
1: Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices, Total Wine and more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y yeah. eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan.
2: Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Quédense tranquilas.
1: Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, viste. El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets Deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Filet O Fish, y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o
2: menor valor. Hello everybody and welcome back. Tonight we're previewing the Merseyside Derby at Goodison this Sunday evening. It's been three months since we, we last done a podcast and I think it was the same, same three that was on last time, wasn't it? Myself, Jay and, and Paul. So um, introducing our guests for, for the show this evening, we've got Paul Joyce. Paul is the uh, writer for The Times and he's been with us on the cop table quite a few times now. So um, thanks very much for uh, appearing on the cop table again, Paul. No problem. Thanks for the invite. Yep, you're very welcome. And also with me once again is Jay Riley. You can get Jay on Twitter at the Cop HQ, regular with on the Cop Table as well. So, been a long three months, Jay. And uh, how are you feeling? You're glad to be glad to be back on the pod.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to get going again. I mean, it's been a really difficult three months, hasn't it, really? And, yeah. you know, all the uncertainty of it all, whether or not it was, you know, obviously your fans of other clubs wanted the, the league void, didn't they, really? So Liverpool didn't win the league. But I think it was always highly unlikely that was going to happen. And we've just had to wait and be very patient. And now it's returned and I just can't wait for Sunday. Yeah,
2: certainly has been a been a long three months and obviously with the lockdown people have not been able to go out and it's been a lot going on so yeah really good to have the Premier League football back on again which we've seen last night a few controversial um incidents especially in the first game which we we may talk about later on but first of all we're going to concentrate on the the big game on Sunday straight back into it with a Merseyside derby um which probably no one expected to happen but um Paul, just like to get your, your thought considering <clears throat> the circumstances now when obviously there's not gonna be any fans in the stadium and Liverpool are having to be getting changed in porter cabins on the on the car parks, things like that. So what type of game are, are you expecting in the in these circumstances, Paul, on, on Sunday evening? Well, I think there's gonna inevitably
0: there's gonna be some sort of rustiness. Won't have obviously have the the intensity of a of a normal derby because there's the there's no crowd there. But I, I think listening to sort of Jurgen Klopp in midweek and talking about how he will make sure that the the players know that they're playing for the fans and he'll make sure that. The performance is as intense as possible. I still, I won't be surprised if, if if Liverpool sort of pick well, picked up as close to where they left off as 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 possible, really. Because um, I think obviously the motivation is going to be there for them because of you know the two two games away from an incredible achievement, and and beyond that, there's so many records that they can achieve this season, that I think that's going to fuel the players to sort of really get get back into the the swing of things as as quickly as possible. Uh, I'm expecting a strong Liverpool performance, I think, the sort of result against Blackburn, you can't, in the the friendly last week, you can't place too much stock on that. But it was obviously a good... um, a good result and it was interesting listening to Tony Mowbray, the Blackburn manager afterwards, just sort of saying how difficult it is to play against Liverpool. So, it sounds like, you know, they've done the preparation as well as they can do. There's obviously doubt on a few players who have maybe not been involved as much as others in recent weeks, sort of, Salah and, and Robertson, but um, I think the fact that Liverpool have so much to go for means that the I think they'll come flying out and I think that'd be a test for Everton because obviously their preparations have been less smooth, I would say. I think they've obviously got injuries to a few players, which which limits their options. Um, to me, they, they, they've not had a sort of outside practice game. They, they had an, an hour-long into squad practice match at Goodison last Sunday, which was very much mix and match. So I think I think it it's there for Liverpool to sort of you know come out strong. And I think and I think probably the difference that I, that I've been maybe surprised that is sort of Everton's preparations in, in contrast to Liverpool. I think they came back to contact training a little bit later. They've not had the friendly against outside opposition. Um, they only had a, a practice match, an inter-squad practice match at Goodison last Saturday, which only lasted an hour. Um, they've obviously got some injuries, as, we, as we've as we seen, to the likes of Mina and Fabian Delft, Walcott, so...
2: Is that surprised probably... you, Paul, that Everton have um, that Everton have chose to just play this this one friendly against themselves, basically, and, and not chose to play another opposition where it seems a lot of the other clubs have have, have chose to play uh, a different team? Is that something that that has um, surprised you with Everton?
0: It has to be honest because um, looking at those sort of highlights of the game that was on the Everton website. It looks as very much like as well. Um, It was mix and match teams throughout the game, so we were swapping players throughout the game, and the game only lasted sixty minutes. I was surprised that they listen. They they could possibly have done something more intense since then, but I was I was surprised that they they didn't organise a fixture with a with another club, I think that's something that they locked into but maybe couldn't get across the line and so the you know, the inter squad thing. And I just think, you know, the I believe in the in the Blackburn game at Anfield, um, Klopp was unhappy with some of the tackling from the from the Blackburn players. Yeah. Which
2: we've, we've seen heard that, things yeah. like that in the
0: past friendly. So I can well believe that. But I think that signifies that that was maybe that was another team trying to impose themselves on Liverpool and trying to go all out in the game. Whereas I think if you're just playing amongst yourselves, I'm not quite sure if that intensity is going to be there because obviously you're a bit more mindful of maybe going into a full-blooded challenge on on. And one of your teammates, I mean, I, I saw some pictures and, and the, some of the players weren't wearing chin pads. It just, it has surprised me a little bit that the, the um, preparations seem a little bit more low-key. Mm. Uh, I guess we'll find out on, on Sunday which, which preparations being best. Yeah, it does seem a little bit
2: strange for for. Such a subdued um, approach to the to the start of the season again from Everton. But moving over to you, yourself, Jay. Um, like Paul touched on there, how do you see Liverpool coming in back it back into this first first fixture? Do you see them starting off where we left off, or do you think it's going to take a little bit of time to to get back into the routine of things? What's your opinion on um on the the game on Sunday, please, Jay?
1: Well, if you point, if you if you look back to Liverpool when we have international breaks or when we are, when we're knocked out of maybe one of the cup competitions and we have a two week gap. Liverpool do tend to struggle a little bit and we can be a little bit rusty we lose our momentum and cohesion a little bit and you know the rhythm's not quite there and Liverpool are like a confidence team aren't they when Liverpool's tails are up and game after game I always feel Liverpool are better when they've got three games in seven days and stuff I mean I know the players probably you know they can get a bit tired and what have you and it's not ideal with sports science and stuff but I just think Liverpool when they've got the momentum they're always better when they're playing games back to back and it's never good when Liverpool have a break. Um, you know, history suggests that, doesn't it? Over the last few years with under Klopp, but I just think because the eyes are on the prize here and you know two more victories and Liverpool are going to be be champions, going to get the title. I just think there's so much importance on it now that we're going to be ready for this. There's no doubt about it. And I do think Liverpool's preparation has been quite good, to be honest with you. I mean, Paul saying there about Everton, only to his knowledge, having won... You know, it, you know the squad game amongst themselves for that lasted an hour. Well, Liverpool have had three of them that have lasted ninety minutes, and we've also had a game against Blackburn, as Paul also says. So, you know, when you think about Liverpool, are, are well prepared for this now, and you know there is certainly no excuses if Everton are underprepared, which seems to be the case, then you know you've got to think that liverpool i always think when you look at these games that i've watched in germany it's it tends to be it, with no crowd influence to, to maybe influence you know referee and decisions or you know even in terms of getting you know the home team if if you're a lesser team shall we say giving them the back and to 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 give them that support to, to cheer them on against a better team I always think because there's no crowd influence there, then it certainly suits the better teams and the better players. And, you know, we seen, didn't we, last night, Manchester City absolutely destroyed Arsenal. It was 3-0, could have been 6-7, or 7, to tell you the truth. And again, you know, Cosman City is such a very good side. You know, I know that was different because it was a home game for City, but I just think when it comes to playing these away games, shall we say, with no fans there, you know, it's, it's certainly an advantage to the better teams. And I just think Liverpool, if you match Liverpool up to Everton, you know, let's not forget back in January time, Liverpool had half a team out and they still beat Everton's best team. So if Liverpool go full strength, which obviously they're going to aim to depending on injuries, then you'd like to think Liverpool would have far too much for for this Everton team who seem to be underprepared for the game, more so than what Liverpool are anyway. Um, And I know it's a derby game and certain players might be up for it because they know the importance importance of it to the fans and what have you but you know and I know Ancelotti is a very good manager and he has done well against Klopp over the last few years with Napoli but this is a different kettle of fish because it's a different group of players and you know what you've got to consider is I always look at Liverpool when it, the some of the away games they have throughout the season, and there's no doubt that going to Goodison Park when it's rocking, it's one of the most difficult away games Liverpool have all season. You know, Liverpool have not lost there for what 10 years, but you know, we've not won many games there to tell you the truth. We've drawn an awful lot of games, I think there's been seven draws there out of the last nine games we've played at Goodison Park and even though they haven't beaten us I do think sometimes fans can play their part and it can they can create an intimidating atmosphere at times and you know I, I just think now with the fans not being there at Goodison it will give Liverpool even more of an edge and more of a psychological edge as well really and we've obviously got more to play for than Everton there's no doubt about that you know they're a mid-table team not going to get relegated they're not going to get into the European position so they're just basically seeing the season out. And and Shalotti's looking at the players that he's got there, the ones that he wants to keep hold of, you know, for next season, or maybe put them in the shop window. Whereas Liverpool's aim is more important because obviously we want to get this title over the line as quickly as possible. So there's no doubt in my mind. I'm very confident going into this game on Sunday that you know it'll be a lot easier game than it would have been if fans were there. So for me. You know, I think Liverpool are ready for this on Sunday, and I just see your Liverpool victory and quite comfortably as well.
2: Great stuff. Cheers, Jay. Okay, then uh, back over to yourself, Paul. The obvious question that we, we put it out on our, our Twitter page before about asking yourself some questions, and the majority of them, as you probably expect, are to do with, with transfers. But I'll, I'll just put basically all, all the questions into one. Um, Chris from uh, Chris from Liverpool, Liam Morrissey, H and Mahal have all pretty much asked the same question. They're saying, um, are Liverpool planning to make any sort of signings um, with the, the African Nations Cup possibly coming uh, in January? Do you see uh, Jurgen Klopp choosing to strengthen the forward line or do you f- feel that he's going to go with the the players that are already there, the likes of Origi and, and Minamino, who, who's had... Um, um, not much of a chance to make an impact yet, but could get a chance in the in these last nine games. So, um, just starting off with, with the transfer one. How do you see that that panning out this summer? Paul.
0: Um, well, I think as regards the sort of African Nations Cup um, situation, I know, I know there'll be a little bit of concern because Salah and Mane could go away, but I don't think it's Liverpool style just to sign players for you know, to fill a gap for a month. Um, I think the biggest thing, with the transfer um, window is, and, and I know there's a lot of sort of people maybe a little concerned if that's the right word about the Timo Werner deal not going through, but it's simply the un- uncertainty that the coronavirus has, has brought to clubs around the world. And, and, it, and it's not just Liverpool. Um, yeah you no. Know, yeah. But in liverpool's case you know the, they don't know when fans will will be back into the ground um which has big hits on 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 sort of gate receipts um and fsg run liverpool as a self sufficient business um you know let's not s- suddenly get away from that that that, that they had that the throw pots and pots of money at it, the the the, the try and sort of it's all about sustainability for them. So in the case of Werner, I think, you know, as we said the last time we, we all spoke, um, which was probably back in March, and we were all a bit sort of skeptical about whether the deal would actually go through for the for the reasons that, that have since been played out. But it's not just the transfer fee, it's also the wages. Um, on top of that and I think in a period of uncertainty Liverpool weren't prepared to sanction a £100 million package on a player who Klopp said is a great player but might not have played regularly straight away at the time so as regards to other transfers now and Klopp also said you know we, we didn't feel comfortable talking to to players about deferrals and wage cuts and at the same time thinking about going to buy another £50 million player, for example. So as it stands now, I'm not sure Liverpool will do do too much. Um, but there's always caveats in that. There's, you know, if, if somebody else comes in for one of the players, you know that can change things. Um, I think the interesting thing moving forward is that Klopp has obviously identified that the team needs strengthening because he wanted a team a winner in the first place. So at some point, the might you know they will obviously bring in new recruits, but whether that's going to be in this next transfer window, which is probably going to end on. I think October the 5th is what they've said today. Oh, that's the, the date that they're aiming for. I'd still be a little bit sceptical about them going out and signing a, quote, big money signing in, in this transfer window. I think, you know, people talk about you've got to strengthen from a position of strength. And obviously me and Jay were speaking just before we come in, come in on air that that, that was... Obviously, the criticism that was put last season and the squads kicked on so much that they've turned the deficit in the title race into a 22 point lead, with it, you know, as we stand now. But I think Liverpool will look upon it as the, they are strengthening this summer anyway because they're prepared to promote a Curtis Jones and see what he can do and promote a Harvey Elliott and see what he can do. And they're ex- expecting Minimino to to do more than he, he was, has been able to show so far because basically he's had a two-month Liverpool career. So I think they will view them as strengthening the squad. Now, that obviously doesn't sit, you know, it's maybe not as sexy as going out and buying a Timo Werner, but equally I think you've just got to trust what FSG and Michael Edwards and Jurgen Klopp as a triumvirate for it, I've done over the last last few years. You've got to um, just back them to do to do what to know what they're doing. Um, I think that the, the Liverpool transfer policy is always based on um, working to being ready for unexpected circumstances. So if something does unexpectedly come up. I wouldn't necessarily say they're not going to sign anybody, but I, st- I think the uncertainty that's causing that, that is this, the uncertainty over the finances f- for now and for you know for a, for a time going into ne- next season means that. You know, they're being cautious. And I, and I understand that as well. I understand that. I think it's easier for, again, something we spoke about earlier, but it's easier for maybe a Chelsea to grab headlines by signing these players when they've had a transfer ban and they, they've, they've got the Hazard money and the uh, Maratta money, which they've not spent. And line is, they needed to bring in recruits to move up towards Liverpool's level. Liverpool's is still a very complete squad with, you know, a lot of the players still under 30 years old. I mean, Firmino, 29 in October, Mane, 28, Van Dijk, 29 in July, Salah, 28, Allison 28, Fabinho, 26, Robbo, 26, Oxlade-Chamberlain, 26, Trent, 21. So I think you know, that's still a fairly good age group for players. I think moving in the next two or three years, I think we're gonna see Klopp rebuilding the team again. Um, and that was something that he sort of said when he extended his contract. That was on the that was one of the reasons that FSG wanted him to ex- extend, as well as the obvious that he's the right fit for the club, because they want they recognise that there is going to be some sort of crossover from this squad into the new squad, and they wanted him to do that, be the man in place to oversee that. So,
2: yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah. I just think they've earned, earned the trust to be cautious in a time of uncertainty, and and that's the bottom line. It might be in. in Six weeks time, they have a clearer picture of what's happening financially, and they might be able to go and do something then. But as it stands, I think the uncertainty that the coronavirus has brought over club finances is that's that's you know what has resulted in in the not going for Timo Werner.
2: What's on, Cheers, Paul. And yeah, just over to you then, Jay, on a similar line, um what Paul was saying there, and the likelihood that, that Shakiri, Wilson, possibly Grujic, Lalana, Kleiner are all, all going to be moving on from the club in the summer. And it looks like that Jürgen's going to be uh, promoting from within with the, the likes of Williams, Jones, Harvey Elliott, um, Minamino, who, con- who only came in in January. But do you, do you see the potential there uh, for Liverpool to possibly... Um, Looking into the loan market, say for for a Dembele or or dare I say a Philip Coutinho something like that, do you, or do you see him happy to go with with what he's got at the moment? I
1: don't I don't think Klopp's ever really been much of a fan as he had the loan market in terms of bringing players to the club. It's different when you've got such a, a massive squad and group of players and players that like say so Harry Wilsons and the younger kids like Brewster who want game time but they're just not quite ready really to play at the top level for someone like Liverpool so it does them good to go out on loan as we've seen this season with Harry Wilson, he's done quite well at Bournemouth hasn't he and scored a few you know, spectacular goals really, free kicks and stuff and you know the same with Brewster really, he scored a few at Swansea albeit at a slightly lower level in the Championship, not the Premier League but I think the problem you've got is it's like you know, Liverpool. This is unprecedented times, as the, the the key word that people have been using ever since this pandemic happens, and uh, it, it is possible, but I just think it's unlikely because it's just not really Klopp's way, is it? And I, I think he would much prefer the likes of Jones to be given an opportunity. You. Let's be honest. Last well, say last season. We're still in this season now, aren't we? But you know, we scored a, a winning goal in a Merseyside derby against a, a full-strength Everton team. You know, in front of fifty odd thousand fans. That's an unbelievable thing to do. You know, for such a, a young age, for a kid at such a young age. You know, th- he, he doesn't lack confidence, and he's certainly got a lot of good attributes. And who knows? We've we've had this conversation before about Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, go back three years ago and. Jürgen Klopp give Trent his opportunity and here we are now and he's been to two European Cup finals, won one of them and now he's about to win the Premier League title and he, he's arguably the best right back in world football or certainly one of them anyway in terms of his, his attacking attributes because he can dominate games from that right back area which is incredible really. Okay, his defending's not great at times, he's learning on a job, he's getting better all the time, still a little bit suspect at times but you know he's a f- fantastic footballer and there's, you know he wouldn't have been given a an opportunity if Liverpool maybe would have went out and spent 20 million pounds or 30 40 million pounds on an attack and fullback the way the likes of Man City or someone does. So, you know, the way I see it, Jürgen Klopp knows what he's doing and he trusts the young kids, and that's what he's all about, really. And I just think when you consider Harvey Elliott's uh, got a massive, you know, future ahead of him as well, and it, it was fantastic that Liverpool ended up getting him over the likes of Man City and Real Madrid. and you know, he's only really a young boy, but he's got massive potential and he can come on leaps and bounds and he looked really confident when he got his opportunities as well at certain stages this season in the Cup. And, you know, there's no doubt about it. That's the way Klopp would prefer to approach things. And let's not forget, you know, we've still got Minamino as well, who he's taken a little bit of time to settle since his move in January time. Some, some players just adapt to it, you know quite quickly and other other players take a little bit of time and you know he's settling in at the moment and I'm expecting bigger things from him next season and he'll certainly be getting more opportunities as well and um, we've seen how good he, he was in the Champions League when we played Salzburg and very comfortable on the ball you know clever intelligent footballer chips in with goals and assists so there's no reason why he can't Make a stake, a claim for, you know, a starting berth next season either. And then, of course, you know, we've also got the fact that Naby Keita, two years ago, Liverpool spent £52 million on him. He's our third record buy. He's been very, very unlucky. With injuries, um, some say he's a little bit brittle. But it's again, it's about adapting. He, he, he struggles really with the language barrier. He's also, you know, the physicality of the Premier League, the training methods of Klopp probably a lot more severe than what he's ever used to at Leipzig. Um, and but you know, he's got the attributes. That's the one thing with Kater. If the lad can stay fit, we've got a. Proper player on our hands, so you know, there's four players there that have mentioned that you know they're gonna obviously get more game time next season, there's no shadow of a doubt about that. So, you know, maybe Liverpool have looked at it and thought, you know, coronavirus has affected the club financially, there's no doubt about it. Your people are are, are, are flapping, saying, oh, Chelsea are are gonna, they've obviously spent the money on Werner, they're meant to be after Havertz as well. What people have got to realize is last year, Chelsea had a transfer ban. Basically, 130 million pounds sale. They've not spent that money, have they? Really? I know they've signed Zayat, haven't they, from from, uh, Ajax? But they also got the Murata funds as well. So, not only have they got a rich sugar, sugar daddy owner in Roman Abramovich, they've also got sale money from two players there that they've not really spent, have they? The Hazard money and the Maratta money. So, you know, people need to just, like, sort of calm down a little bit, I think, because everyone's saying, oh, they're looking at United being interested in Sancho and that Jude Bellingham and Jack Grealish. They haven't actually signed these players yet, and I'd be very surprised if they do, because there was all the talk that they couldn't compete with Chelsea for Werner. Because they had to sell a player first, so how true that is, I don't know. But you know, no other club has, has made signings yet. And let's be honest, you'd have to look at look at Tottenham Hotspur. They meant to have got a loan for 170 million pounds. I know they've just got a brand new. Stadium, and that's obviously cost them a lot of money. But you know, when a club like that who, who we played in the Champions League final last year, so obviously they got a, a massive windfall for even getting to the Champions League final last year. They've had to get a massive loan to, to to see them through. So, I just think at the end of the day, people need to look at the bigger picture, really, of what this pandemic's done. And no one truly knows the massive damage it's done revenue-wise to football clubs, and you know. The, the stress signals are there for from, from a lot of clubs, and it's partly the reason why the seasons had to continue because of all the TV money. You know, it's it's it, it that's how severe it has been, and you know the likes of Chelsea and Man City, the the difference because they've got rich owners who were who just going to bankroll them regardless of a pandemic. Liverpool are a bit different to that. You know, FSG have always run Liverpool as a business and they've always said that term, self-sufficiently run. So it's quite remarkable the job that Klopp and Michael Edwards has done really to assemble this group of players and as good as we are to get two European Cup finals, come ever so close to winning a league title last season and obviously going to win a league title this season. It's remarkable really, but we've got a massive we've got a a fantastic group of players just enjoy it you know it's special times at the moment and I do take on board people saying well you know, when you're you're at the top, you need to strengthen and, and and still buy because that's what Fergie done with the great United teams over the years. You know, we always bought one or two, didn't he? Each summer to keep them taken over. I, I do get it. You know that that's that is a very valid point. But what you've got to consider is, you know, it, Liverpool are totally different to that. We're, di- we're run totally different. It's just not the way Liverpool are going to do things. Yeah, of course, they probably did want to go and spend that money on Timo Werner, but the fact of the matter is. You know, Liverpool are affected financially by this coronavirus. There's no two ways about it. So, you know, as long as we don't sell a player this summer, and when I say sell a player, I mean one of the proper players, the star player, then there's no reason to be that concerned because all these other clubs are playing catch-up to Liverpool. There's a reason why Liverpool are 22 points clear in the Premier League right now, and that's because we're far superior to every other club. Maybe Man City, we're not that much... I know... 22 points is a big gap, but you know Man City are the nearest rivals to us. There's no doubt about that. The gap is massive now, but they could close it. There's no doubt about that because the players they've got. But the, the other clubs around us, they're playing major catch-up to Liverpool, so let them do it. Look at last season. Everyone was complaining in the summer that we never signed anyone, and what happens? We went and blitzed the league this season. So I don't think there's too much to worry about. Liverpool have got a fantastic group of players. You know, Jordan Henderson turned 30 the other day. You know, most of them are around 28, 29, some are 26, as Paul highlighted before. You know, there's only really James Milner, who's, what, 33, 34 years of age, and he's like a Old bunny, isn't he? Probably still the fittest player at the club. Liverpool, the, the nucleus of players Liverpool have got you know, some might say it's only 15, 16 quality players. Well, you know, fifteen, sixteen quality players, it's better it's better than virtually every other team in this league apart from maybe Manchester City. But like I say, I, I don't see Liverpool going down the loan Mark, and I really don't. It's just not really something that Klopp's used to doing, and, and I just can't see it. I, I think he'll put his hope and his faith in the likes of Naby Keita, Minamino, and obviously a blood through uh, Curtis Jones, um, Harvey Elliott, and even potentially Ray Brewster a little bit more next season. Yep, yeah,
2: spot on. Yeah. Cheers, Jay. Okay, yeah, just before we um we do our, our score predictions and we get like, a like a potential for a for a team lineup. I'd just like to ask you Paul about the about the new protocols that's been brought in since since the um since the lockdown, if you like and now the football's back. You've got the these added water breaks, haven't you? Um is that do you think something to do with the with potential Potential for to alleviate injuries, if you like, by keeping players hydrated. It seems to be breaking up the game quite a lot in in, in the games last night. Um, so, what do you make of these of these new protocols, Paul?
0: Yeah, well, I, th- I think that that is the that's what it's been designed for, just to, um because the the uh, the return to trading has being sort of. Uh, Bit fragmented and and you know wouldn't be what they would I ideally want I think that the water breaks probably are just to do, to do with hydration to avoid sort of muscle injury trying to limit the, the prospect of muscle injuries and my dad didn't think the 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 altered the rhythm of the game too much last night um of the two games last night um you know, moving forward, we we just want to get back to to sort of football as as we as we knew it, don't we? Really? I mean, I don't think there's the. I think partly the water breaks might have also been brought in because of the, the the weather that there's been in recent times as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'd be surprised if they remain a feature of it beyond this little um you know this run into the to the season we're having now I think as much as as much as possible. Um the Premier League will want things to get back to normal starting from next season. I mean there's already talk of when fans can some fans can get back into the ground. So I think it's probably a sensible option in, in the short term, but not one that we we want to see become um, a feature of the games moving forward. I think we just put up with it for now and then um, get get rid of it as soon as we can.
2: Yeah, you've also got the um, the additional uh, five substitutes now, isn't there, as well? So that's another um, aspect that that's been brought in between now and, and the end of the season um, with these nine games to go. So, yeah, cheers, Paul. Jake, like, just um, like to get your thoughts on, on a potential Starting lineup for Liverpool. Obviously, there's a there's a couple of doubts, isn't it, with with Robertson and Salah. I think it was who've missed a, a couple of training sessions. Um, so I'll I'll just see Liverpool lining up in the in the Merseyside derby on Sunday, please.
1: It's going to be quite tricky, really, because I think when you analyse the games that they've had, I mean, they've only been squad games. Most of them, but the game against Blackburn as well, it's Naby Keita stood out a lot. I mean. You know, maybe he's a confidence player and he struggles a little bit when it comes to the intensity of a game when there's a crowd there, 40,000, 50,000 fans, and maybe this suits him a little bit more to gain his confidence because he's looked really good. I must admit, in in the clips that I've seen and some of the highlights and stuff, he, he does look the player that, you know, we all thought we were shining two years ago. So maybe because it seems that he's ready and he's, he's one of the form players so far in these last couple of weeks in the in the, the return to training, then it, it could very well see Naby okay a start in the game. But the only thing with that is, you know, the way Klopp is, he tends to like that midfield trio, doesn't he? Where it's like with the likes of Henderson, Fabinho, Wijnaldum. Um, So whether or not he'd do that, because that means taking one of them three out of the, the firing line, I'm putting Cater in, I'm not sure, but there's also the the fact that Mo Salah's hardly featured in the last couple of weeks, I mean, he played in the first game, the first squad match that he had, and then he missed the next game, and then he, he also missed the Blackburn game, but apparently he's meant to have played at the weekend, but ever since then he hasn't trained again, so... Who knows? I mean, it's not ideal. It certainly isn't with Salah and it's quite clear to me that something's not quite right if he's being been missing training and not being featured in these games. So, that would lead you to believe that there's a really big opportunity there for someone else to start over Salah and he might just only be on the bench for the game. Who knows? But like I say, it's difficult to really select a team. I mean, Sadio Mane has also looked very good as well. He scored in all of the games as well. So, you know, Sadio Man is eschewing to start. Another interesting one is for me, you know, because he did sit out one of the games as well and he was only on, only came off the bench against um, Blackburn in the friendly that we had that we won 6 0 in. I think he should start the game, but again, you know, his preparation hasn't been as ideal as some of the others. Um, other than that, you know, defensively, you'd have to consider the fact that. Yeah, Andy Robertson, a, a little bit like Mo Salah, hasn't featured much in the last couple of weeks, so whether or not he'll start, but I think the thing with, with with Andy Robertson is it's it's happened quite a lot this season at times where he's not really trained that well because he's been carrying a knock and a niggle and he hasn't really done much training, but then when it comes to match day, he starts and I think a little bit of that's down to the lack of cover Liverpool have got in that position and you know, we've I know we've moved on from transfers, but I think that's somewhere that I'd like to see Liverpool maybe buy a backup fullback really this summer for next season. Um, we all know James Milner, fantastic professional, can do a job there, but he's not getting any younger, and he I think he's, is he thirty four now, and it's not ideal in playing there. Certainly, if Robertson got an injury for three three months or so. You know, to expect the 34-year-old James Milner, who's a midfield player, to play left-back out of position wouldn't be ideal. Um, if Robertson doesn't make the game on, on Sunday, which I do think he will do, but if he didn't, then I think Milner probably would slot in there for that game. Um, but, you know, like I say, it's going to be Gomez and Van Dijk centre-half, centre-Alexander Arnold right back, and, you know, it's... As I say, very difficult to really pick it because you can't. It's hard to second guess Klopp, isn't it? And I think this now, first and foremost, it's all about who's the fittest. Who, who's looking ready, more prepared, and this is why I, I would have me doubt a little bit with Salah because he hasn't featured much. Whereas it's a bit different with Robertson because, obviously, as I've just mentioned there, the lack of options. Whereas with Salah, you could you could you could even play someone like Harvey Elliott or Curtis Jones in that position, or maybe Arigi? Put, sorry, Regi. Yeah, or Origi could go on the left-hand side and switch Manny to the right. So, there's options more so with Salah if he's to sit it out, whereas it's a bit different with with Robertson. It's more of a specialist position. So, you know, it remains to be seen, but no doubt about it, Jürgen Klopp will play the fifth the fittest players really and you know, Minamino as well another one could be in, with a shout because he's featured quite a lot in these games and it, it was interesting that he started the game against Blackburn and played sort of like as a false nine in the Firmino type of role really because Firmino only come on second half and he scored in the game got an assist and nearly scored another one as well so obviously he looks ready as well he seems re- well prepared for you know the return of the football season so as I say it's going to be difficult to, to assess who he's going to pick, but you know, like I say, hopefully it'll be a winning, winning team selection, and I'm very confident going into this game.
2: Okay, cheers, Jay. Right, just before we go, then um, what we'll do we'll get a we'll get a score prediction from you both, and then um, and I'll do one at the end. So starting off uh, with you with yourself, Paul. Can you give us your thoughts on a on a score prediction for the Merseyside derby on uh, Sunday, please?
0: Um, I should really say a draw because of medical. I cover Everton as well. Um, I'll go one two to Liverpool.
2: Yes, you're going to go with a with a two one victory for for Liverpool. Slight margin of uh, victory for Paul in his prediction there. So yeah, go ahead, Jay. It is with your. Or score prediction and uh, your reasons for them, please.
1: Well, all things considered, you know, it, it's going to be strange, there's no doubt about it, because some have likened it to, you know, maybe like a, t- a, a training session because obviously there's no fans there, so it, it is going to be a strange situation that we're involved with, and it, it just depends who adapts to that, you know, best really. But I just think Liverpool. Seem to have, we've got a lot more to play for than ever for a kickoff, but I just think we seem a lot more prepared as well, better prepared. And, you know, you've got to, you know, when you play football, you. There's nothing better than having games. You can't just train, train, train constantly. You've got to have some sort of competitive edge there. And Liverpool have had that with Blackburn to get a little bit of fine tuning into the into the lads. And also, you know, if Everton have had squad games, well Liverpool have had them as well, but we've probably had more than them. So I just think Liverpool will have the edge fitness wise as well. And bearing in mind we have got better players than them too. So I just I can't see anything other than a comfortable Liverpool win and I've toyed with a few scorelines. I'm in a couple of different WhatsApp groups with a few lads and people have said we'll give them an absolute hide. And at the end of the day, it's all about getting the three points, you know, first and foremost, because you know, we just want to win the game. Simple as that. And it's not really a happy hunting ground, but it's not the normal, is it? Because for obvious reasons, it's not the the, the usual toxic atmosphere that the Everton fans generate for a derby game. It's more you know, it's just, as I said before, can be deemed a little bit of a training exercise, really. But I just think all things considered, Liverpool are going to have far too much for Everton. And if Liverpool can get an early goal first half, you'd have to think Everton will tire as the game goes on as well because they are probably going to be underprepared they've got a couple of players missing Yeri in a centre-half, I think Fabian Zelfs is out, Andre Gomez only just returned to training this week so how fit is he going to be really um, Theo Walcott albeit maybe not necessarily a starter he can cause problems with his pace You know, as an impact sub, so I just think all things considered, Liverpool should get the three points here so I'll go for a
2: I'll go for Everton nil Liverpool 3 yeah so Jay has gone for a 3-0 victory for Liverpool in the Merseyside derby on Sunday uh, I've done a podcast myself the other night with the with the lads on the LFC, LFC day trip as should I say and um, they asked a similar question to myself and I put it out there that I thought it, it was going to be a comfortable victory for Liverpool as well, obviously, with the with the preparation. Liverpool have hardly seemed to be in a lot more stronger position than, than whatever in than our squad-wise as well with injuries and things like that. So my prediction on that was it was a 4-1 victory for Liverpool in the Merseyside derby on Sunday just because I think, like Jay was saying, there's there's no crowd there, there's no bayon atmosphere. It's going to be um, pretty much a a routine fixture like a training ground exercise if you like like Jay said with with nobody there so i just think the liverpool will, will will comfortably win this game on the on sunday against everton right so just before we go lads just have to say uh, thanks to the to the lads gav and phil and everyone at the lfc datetippers who who edit all our podcasts and and put them out don't forget to keep up with the the no more knives campaign with paul bentley and everyone over there, Lee Butler, all doing fantastic things with the um, trying to eradicate the knife crime in in the Merseyside and, and the surrounding areas. So go over there, check their pages out. They're doing lots of good things, and and give them all the support you can, if possible, please. So yeah, thanks very much, Paul and and Jake, Thank for joining you. me on the on the podcast tonight.
1: Take care, everyone. Cheers, boys. Hopefully, it's uh, a red victory on Sunday, and then an extra three points going to this match to the title.
2: Most definitely, Jay. Yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, what we'll do, we'll be back with our, our next preview podcast. Hopefully there's not much um, time in between the, the Liverpool-Everton game and, and the and the Palace game. If put myself in jail, try and fit a, a podcast somewhere in between there and, and do a little preview of the of the Palace game for, for everybody as well. So, yeah, thanks again, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. Turn off
1: your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Ese último nugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan.
2: Eso no existe, cierto, mamá? Ya.